What up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. The Warriors smack the Spurs. Get a 39-point win. Kevin Durant has a press conference. And about a million trades happened in the NBA. Going to get to all that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Warriors beat the Spurs by 39, do what they were supposed to do against a team managing the loads of their two best players. Kevin Durant has a press conference, which I just am so tired of and don't want to talk about, but we have to. And about a million trades happened. We're going to get to all of it. I just I have to spend a second on the KD press conference or whatever it was, post-game interview, just because it is news. It's, you know, it's what everyone's talking about. I find it super annoying because I would so much rather talk about the incredible game that the Warriors played last night. Not only that, the game that KD played last night. He was great last night. But instead, we're talking about reporters and how angry he is with them. And I will say this. I understand his frustration. I don't even want to be talking about this. I'd so much rather talk about all the trades that happened and the Warriors moving forward and the trades that are going to affect the Warriors and the buyouts that are happening and who might be on the Warriors. But instead, it's all about Kevin Durant kind of throwing a temper tantrum. And I understand his frustrations. I really do. I can't imagine what it would be like having every single thing you do psychoanalyzed and over-speculated on, like him. And I mentioned it before the season that every single dribble he took was going to be psychoanalyzed. And the fact that the Knicks made a trade last week, that somehow people are connecting the dots, that that means Kevin Durant is doing something. And maybe it does. But there's no proof of it. It's all speculation. And I will say this, Kevin Durant has handled it all incorrectly. It's odd that he does not know how to navigate this media minefield that he's in and has been in for 10 years now. Because if he, you know, a week ago, 10 days ago, however long he did not talk to the media for, I think it was nine days where he refused to speak to the media. If he just said, if if someone asked him about the Knicks trade when it happened 10 days ago and was like, I don't know, I play for the Warriors, I'm just focused on basketball. I'm not going to answer these questions. That would probably put an end to it. But instead, he tries to go radio silent, and that's a story in itself. It looks suspicious, all that stuff. And again, I don't really care where he ends up playing next year. Of course, I'd rather him play for the Warriors. But if he leaves, that's fine too. But just this this whole story is just annoying and kind of pointless because no one knows, actually knows anything. I was contemplating playing the entire press conference, the entire interview. It's only about three minutes. But even I don't think you guys want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. We know what he said. We know what happened. And it's just all unnecessary drama. And 
I just drama that he's handled incorrectly. Also, I think I, I I've said it before. I think that he's been fine up until now. I don't have any problems with what he's done or said up until now. Like the whole Draymond blow up. I thought that was more on Draymond than KD. Draymond had his problems with how KD was handling things. I thought KD was fine, but now not understanding how to work the media and look, yeah, I understand the media can be annoying. I'm part of it. We, we are annoying, but just the fact that he still hasn't figured out how to work the media. I mean, if you look at certain players, they know how to make the media work for them. Look at Draymond green. And this isn't a shot on him or anything or any of the reporters, but you can tell when certain stories or reports are being, uh, how do I say this, are written from the perspective of Draymond because he's the one who's feeding them the information. And nothing against it, nothing against him, nothing against the reporters who do it, but that's how you use the media to your advantage, where Kevin Durant has never really figured that out. And I don't know, he just continues to struggle with it. And the craziest part is the Warriors are playing some of their best basketball in years. They're 13-1 and in their last 14. Kevin Durant played an impeccable game last night. The Warriors played an impeccable game last night, put up 51 in the third. So let's talk some Warriors basketball. If you guys want more of the drama or whatever, uh, you can find the entire interview like on ESPN or NBA.com. I just decided against it because I don't think that's what we actually want to hear on Locked On Warriors. So anyways, the Warriors played the Spurs last night. They got a 39-point win, 141-102. to As I've mentioned before and will continue to mention because I think it's a funny term, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan had their loads managed last night. And the Warriors basically took care of business the way they should against a team without their two best players. 39-point win that first quarter was... Interesting, Steph, another rough, rough start for Steph uh, in the first quarter, went 0 for 3 uh, from the field, 2 for 2 from the free throw line, so another two-point first quarter for Steph, it was not good, but KD, as I mentioned, you know, we started with the drama because, I don't know, that was the the headline coming out, Not not by my choice, but... KD played great last night. He came in, he knocked down his first six shots. He had 15 points in the first. Uh, he was 6-6 six six to start, 3-3 three three from three, 15 in the first. He was locked in and playing great. Clay started out hot, too. He had seven in the first, was hitting his threes. As I've mentioned, wanting to see him play with more consistency. Like, it's great that he's gotten better, but, like, can we string together 10, 15 games of, of solid play? And he's starting to do that. In his last two games, he's 8 of 12 from 3. He's had 54 points. And last night he had 6 assists, which ties his career high. He's been playing great. He's been playing great. But again, want to see it continue. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of good hustle from Cousins. That continued last night. Uh, he's trying to fit into this transition game that the Warriors love to run. And he's, he's, done, he's done well. Steph, I mentioned his slow start. And... I don't know if this actually had an effect on him, but I'll, I'll have to mention it. Early in the first, he was coming off a screen from Draymond, and they ran into each other. 
And Steph took a shot in the shoulder and he was shaking out his arm. And who knows if that had any effect, but he did start one for six. And he was the last player on the Warriors to play and uh, get a bucket. So everyone that had played before him, including Kavon Looney, had scored before Steph did. So, I mean, it, not that that's a big deal. It's just a funny little stat. They continue to give up wide open threes, which I don't love, but maybe that's just part of today's NBA game where everyone's taking threes. It's just hard to hard to cover. Uh, Cousins, on a fast break, he gave it up to an open clay for the dunk. Clay had two more dunks in this game. I mean, I know he's not doing the three-point contest. Here's the slam dunk contest joke, you guys. Should he do the slam dunk contest? Uh, but Cousins gave it up, especially after the last time when he didn't and got tackled by Miles Turner and is fine. It felt like the Spurs were shooting a ton of threes, and that's possibly because of the fact that DeRozan and Aldridge weren't there. They're best players, primarily mid-range shooters. And they have guys who can knock them down, too. That's the other thing. I've mentioned it before. Best three-point percentage in the game, take the least. Uh, they got Bryn Forbes, Patty Mills, Davis Bertans all shooting. Uh, I know Bertans and uh, Forbes are above 40%. I think Mills is up around the high 30s. So those are three really good knockdown shooters. Andre Iguodala has been, I, I don't know, he's been great. He's been great. It's unexpected. He had another good game last night. His his bounce is, I, I don't know if we've seen it this good since he first came here, and I don't even know if then it was that good. He ended the night with 11 points, six rebounds, four assists. He's just been damn good. Knocked down a three. One of the funnest highlights of last night was he knocks down a three right in front of the Warriors bench, turns to the bench before it goes in, and once it does go in, the bench loses its mind. It's a really funny clip. Uh, you guys can find it on Twitter. It's on my Twitter page, uh, at CTH415. I, I want to pay for that stream of just a a continuous shot of the Warriors bench. I don't care. I, I want that. Uh, Cousins was getting to the line a ton. He was getting pissed that he missed about four different opportunities to hit an and-one layup. And, uh, you know, sure, he should hit those. But he also had a good game. He got to the line 13 times, 9-13 from the free throw line. Only six rebounds, but he had three assists, one steal, two blocks, 15 points. That's a good line from, from Cousins, and to only do that in under 17 minutes. Uh, Steve Kerr, just to mention it real quick, did say he's going to stick with a 25-minute limit on Cousins uh, through the All-Star break. And they'll reevaluate when they come back. So we'll we'll see what happens. The Spurs were in it. The Spurs were in it for a while. They played hard, but the Hamptons five came in and and in eighty four seconds uh, ran off an eleven to nothing run for the Hamptons five. And Steph had seven of those points. But I note right before that is. To say Steph is playing bad is an understatement. And then Steph turns it around like he usually does. And it's incredible because Steph did start one of six, but he finishes the game seven of 12, three for five from three with 19 points. So it's a pretty good game. Pretty good game from Steph after a terrible start. Uh, It was funny. There were moments where Draymond Green is pushing the pace 
He that's his job basically, but you know, Steph or KD would blow an assignment or you know, someone would think they got fouled and they're complaining to the ref and Draymond is just not having it. He's pushing the pace immediately, getting the ball in and running and uh, I love seeing it because I think that's a huge part of this team. Tons of turnovers by the Spurs last night. It happens, especially when you're without your two best players. And there was a stretch from late in the second quarter to late in the third where the Warriors made 21 of 22 shots. And I mentioned, I think I said they scored 51 in the third. It was actually 49. So excuse me. Apologies. But in the third, they went 17 of 22. So that stretch from late second to late third, they made 21 and 22. And the third by itself, they were 17 of 22. Clay had himself another great game. Uh, bench report, garbage time lineup report. Not a ton to mention here. Marcus Derrickson knocks down a couple threes. You know I'm high on him. Love seeing it. Uh, Jonas Jarebko, good to see him get some minutes. He knocked down two threes as well. Love seeing that. Alfonso McKinney had a rough game uh, when he came in. Uh, in his normal rotation, he had like four fouls in five minutes. It was not very good. Besides that, pretty standard blowout for the Warriors against the underman team. The, you know, the news was the KD, whatever, post-game bullshit. But to me, this team is playing as well as it has been, as well as I've seen it in the last couple years, and they're rolling. And what's even better is they're not letting the KD drama get to them you know they're just playing hard and playing great basketball and hopefully that continues up until the all-star break and after going to take a quick break come back we have about a million different trades to get to i'm actually more excited to talk about this than i was the kd stuff because i want to break it all down a lot of it has to do with the warriors too that's all coming up next on locked on warriors on the locked on podcast network what up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles D. Hamilton. Just talking about KD's post-game news or whatever drama and talked about the Warriors smacking the Spurs and that the Warriors are playing their best basketball in a very long time and that they had 42 assists last night, 50 fast break points, the most fast break points I've ever had in the Steve Kerr era, and that this is their fifth game of the month with 38 or more assists. These guys are humming. Even with the drama, it doesn't matter. I want to get to the trade deadline because I love the trade deadline. I think you all do, too. It's a ton of fun. Uh, just going to go through as many as I can. Start with Harrison Barnes going to the Kings. I love this move. I love it for the Kings. All they had to do was give up Justin Jackson, who was kind of an underperforming first-rounder. They picked him at 15, and the tough part is they picked him before guys like OG Ananobi, uh, Jared Allen, couple others as well, but those are the two main ones that stick out for me. But the bottom line is they were able to flip him and Zach Randolph's expiring for Harrison Barnes. That really solidifies the small forward position for him. I know he gets a bad rap with Warriors fans because of that finals performance he had where he was really bad, but I think this is a great move for the Kings and their versatility. It locks up their uh, small forward position, and we all know that he can also play power forward. So I think it's a great move for them. Looking forward to seeing how it works, especially for this team that's trying to make this push for the eighth seed, trying to make the playoffs for the first time in, you know, whatever, 13 years or 13,000 years, however long it's been. The Houston Rockets have traded James Ennis 
to Philly. Not a big move. I think there was a second-round pick in there somewhere uh, in order for Philly to get him. But it's just one of those things that, that I mentioned yesterday. With the Tobias Harris trade, they have zero depth. Trying to find some sort of depth in James Ennis. I guess it's something, but it's definitely not going to solve their problem. Here's a big one that probably affects the Warriors the most is the Milwaukee Bucks have traded for Nikola Miritich. Miritich, as we know, is the Pelicans' power forward. Can be looked at as a sharpshooter. Struggling this year compared to last year. He's down around 34% from three. Has dealt with some injuries. But getting him just adds to what they do. Let's get floor spacers around Giannis. Let's shoot as many threes as possible. Let's space the floor. So... If you look at it, you know, they could put Brooke Lopez and Nikola Miritich and Tony Snell and Malcolm Brogdon out there all around Giannis. Those are, you know, four knockdown shooters. And maybe the floor spacing actually helps, you know, get Miritich back to the way he was playing before. But who knows? Uh, There were four second round picks involved in that trade. So the, the Bucks are going for it. And the fact that it's only second-round picks, I know they had to throw in four, but the fact that they didn't have to throw in any first-rounders to get them, pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Robin Lopez, it's been reported that he will be bought out from the Bulls. I do still think he's the front-runner to become a Warrior, unless there's a wing out there that, that they can get and value more than him. But he had a great quote about uh, Nikola Miritich. He said, I feel bad for Nico. He has to play with Brookie, who is obviously Robin's twin brother. You know what's even worse? He already got the superior experience of playing with me, and now he has to go and play with Brook. It's like living in Fresno and having to move to Clovis. Uh, Shout out both Fresno and Clovis. They're beautiful places. Robin, that was uncalled for. Uh, Just going kind of rapid fire here with all these trades. Memphis has traded Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green to the Clippers for Avery Bradley. This one's kind of weird. I mean, I understand it's like a salary dump. They want to get off Avery Bradley's money. But Temple and Jermichael Green are solid players who will actually help the Clippers to where the Clippers at this point are looking to miss the playoffs because if they miss the playoffs, they get to keep their first-round pick. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with those those two potential buyouts maybe. If either of those guys get bought out, look for the Warriors to jump on them. But I kind of doubt that they would get bought out. I I don't know. It's just a weird situation, in my opinion, because you get the salary dump, but at the same time, you want to lose as much as possible if you're the Clippers to keep your first-round pick. So uh, a situation to keep keep an eye on. This was another big one, but I actually like the Miritich trade more. Mark Gasol got traded to Toronto uh, for DeLon Wright, Jonas Valanciunas, CJ Miles, and a 2024 second-round pick. Real quick aside... I hate these picks that get traded like five years down the line. It's so annoying because when you get there, it's like, who is this for? Wait, five years ago? Anyways, just my own complaining there. No big deal. But the fact is, Marc Gasol is no longer a Memphis Grizzly. It's going to be weird to see him in a different colored uniform. The Raptors are giving up some depth. I mean, if you look at the fact that Gasol obviously will take the spot of Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, and C.J. Miles. That's some depth they're giving up. I like DeLon Wright a lot. C.J. Miles hasn't been great for them. He's he's really struggled this year, 
but still, it's it's a little depth on a team that has great depth, I guess. And I don't know, maybe I'm underrating Mark Gasol and his impact at this advanced age, but I don't know. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Not that he has to, but I uh, I don't know. I like the Miritich deal a little bit more. Uh, Clippers are waving Marcin Gortat, who has said he would like to join the Warriors. Uh, kind of reminds me when Dwight Howard said he wanted to join the Warriors. So I don't, uh, yeah, I, I think we're good. Uh, maybe last resort. The Clippers traded Mike Muscala to the Lakers for Michael Beasley and Ivaka Zubats. I don't think I'll ever say his name correctly. Uh, I don't know if anyone actually has ever said his name correctly. Beasley. No, just kidding. Zubats, obviously. Uh, interesting deal for the Lakers, I guess. Uh, clears a roster spot if that was their intention. Zubats has been really good for them, though, and is a young player on a cheap contract. But maybe they just know they won't be able to re-sign him. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe getting rid of Beasley was the appeal there. But... I think it's like the first Lakers Clippers trade in decades. Um, yeah, I you know I just don't understand it. I like Mike Muscala as a player though, also, but Zubac to me is a little more valuable in that situation. I mean, he was going to be the centerpiece of the Anthony Davis trade, right? So I don't know, weird one to me, but kind of moving deck chairs on the Titanic, right? Not that they're a sinking ship, but maybe they are. Whatever. Kings traded Scalabca to the Blazers for Caleb Swanigan. Not a lot there, but I do follow the Kings. And Scal has a ton of ability, never really been able to reach it. Can he become that stretch four that people have expected him to? Uh, we'll see. Maybe a change of scenery will help. Uh, I was kind of surprised when they picked up his fourth-year option in the first place. The Grizzlies traded Shelvin Mack to the Atlanta Hawks uh, for Tyler Dor- Dorsey. Uh, that's all I got on that one. Another somewhat big one here. Well, yeah, it's big because this guy was the first overall pick uh, just a year ago. Markel Fultz gets traded to the Orlando Magic for Jonathan Simmons. Not just Jonathan Simmons, a protected first-round pick and a second-round pick uh, also go to the Sixers. I, You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird, weird situation uh, with Markel Fultz. Let's see if he can thrive and flourish in Orlando. The picks... Going back are a Thunder first and a Cavs second to the uh, to the Sixers for Fultz. That Cavs second round pick, that's a good pick, man. That'll probably be somewhere between 30 and 35 most likely. That's a solid pick. The Thunder pick, probably be late 20s, maybe mid 20s. So not, not a bad haul. And Jonathan Simmons. And Jonathan Simmons. Now, I think some people are overvaluing Jonathan Simmons in the way they're talking about this trade, and it's another, oh, Sixers are going for it. Look, I like Jonathan Simmons, but he's averaging like six points a game and shoots, you know, 20-something percent from three. I, uh, I I would just relax a little bit on that. You know, obviously the Tobias Harris deal is the big one, but I do give the Sixers credit because I talked about their lack of depth. On that team, ever since ever since it happened yesterday, two days ago, whatever, uh, ever since they got Tobias Harris and traded everyone. So getting Jonathan Simmons will add to their depth and help, and he's been a good playoff performer. But again, the guy's averaging 6.9 points, 22% from three, 36% from the field. So some of the people overreacting to it, uh, just relax. 
relax. But the fact Fultz is getting moved 20 months ago, he was a first overall pick and then gets moved for picks in the 20s and 30s and a 29-year-old role player who's averaging, you know, seven points and shooting 22% from three is pretty crazy. Uh, I will be very interested to see how it works out with Fultz in Orlando, though, because let's say he reaches his potential there. Orlando got a steal, but I don't know. We'll 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 have to see. Uh, I feel bad ending with this trade. This was the last trade to come in before the deadline. Uh, Fultz should have been the last one that I mentioned. Maybe I don't even mention this, but no, I have to. Greg Monroe got sent to Brooklyn for a second round pick. Uh, as we know, the Raptors traded for Mark Gasol. Greg Monroe's a center. Whatever. Whatever. The buyout market is where the Warriors are going to try and make their make their move. So starting to hear who is being bought out and waived, etc. The Bulls, as I mentioned, uh, and Robin Lopez go, probably going to come to a buyout. Robin Lopez, to me, is still the front runner to become a Warrior unless... You know, Wayne Ellington is willing to come, but I think there's bigger roles out there for him. Uh, we will see what happens. Ennis Cantor is being waived by the Knicks. Uh, he'd be interesting. He's it's similar to when Austin Rivers got waived. I was contemplating it for the Warriors, but that just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. Ennis Cantor's still a solid player, but nah, wouldn't work. Kings are waving Ben McLemore. That's an interesting one just because he's a solid three-point shooter. But again, I think at this point when you weigh the players, uh, Ben McLemore or Robin Lopez, I think you would go with Robin Lopez. And last but not least, Zach Randolph is being waived by the Dallas Mavs. It's interesting because Randolph hasn't played all year. He's been DNP for the entire season. Does he still have anything? Is any team going to swoop him up? Who knows? Uh, I kind of doubt it, though. Some big news that did happen that is actually good news for the Warriors. You could look at it as bad news also, but Wesley Matthews is getting bought out and is going to sign with the Indiana Pacers. You could say it's bad news because the Warriors aren't getting them, but to me it's good news because teams like Milwaukee, Toronto, Houston, whoever else, pick any other contender to the Warriors, aren't getting them. He's going to the Pacers because... He's going to get a ton of playing time there, especially with Victor Oladipo going down. So he picked playing time, and that's what he's going to get there, and it definitely helps the Warriors because he's not going to one of their rivals. He's not going to the Sixers. You know, I thought the Sixers would be a landing spot for him because of their lack of depth, as I've mentioned a million times before. But the fact he picked Indiana is a good sign for the Warriors. Again, not that he would be the tipping point of, you know, beating the dubs, but still. It's just not someone they're going to have to deal with. Last thing to mention, the Hawks have come out and said that they're not planning on buying out any of their veterans that are still on the roster right now, which means Dwayne Dedman, Jeremy Lin, sticking with the Hawks. We'll see if that changes. I, I don't have interest in Jeremy Lin. I don't think the Warriors do either. He you know, could have gone to the Sixers or a team that needs depth. But Dwayne Dedman is the one for me that would have been a good fit with the Warriors. But if he stays in Atlanta, oh well. And if he stays in Atlanta, that also means he doesn't go to the Rockets or another team that could use him. The Lakers, whatever. So there's the trade deadline stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. It was awesome. And just to spout off about it was great too. Going to take a quick break. Come back. League Pass Picks wrap this thing 
up. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Just went through the trade deadline. It was awesome. It was awesome. I loved it. Uh, any other news that comes through, we'll definitely get to it on, on the podcast tomorrow. But that is just about everything. League pass picks for tonight. Six games tonight. Some entertaining ones as far as I'm concerned. The trade deadline, you know, I wonder if trade deadline day makes for a weird day for for teams. Uh, yesterday, the Kings game, you know, they were playing the Rockets. Probably Rockets are a good team. But, you know, the Kings were just out of it. You could tell these trades, the the Shumper trade and then the, the Justin Jackson trade kind of got to them. So it'll be interesting to see if other teams have that same effect. But I'm going to go with the Clippers and Pacers. Kind of evenly matched, deep, ton of role player teams. Neither are have that star. Pacers did. He got hurt. And let's also go with Spurs Trailblazers. I don't know. I just like those teams. LaMarcus and DeMar will be back. Blazers, I'm always interested in. You know, Lakers-Celtics, I don't know why Lakers-Celtics is attractive to me also, but, eh, screw it. Forget the Lakers. Forget the Celtics, too. Oh, by the way, Anthony Davis didn't get traded, guys. So all the stuff we've talked about, I think the Pelicans made the right move, right decision not to make a move until waiting until the summer. This is Locked on Warriors. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be back tomorrow with another episode. Peace. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth, right? You got to go over the rough spot. Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.